Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. It's paid commercial programming. The content and opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect those of WSSP, Intercom Milwaukee, its staff, or sponsors. From Lake Michigan to the Mississippi and every river, lake, and field in between. Let's talk everything outdoors. Aboard! Ha, ha, ha! You're on the crazy train! All aboard! <laughs> Welcome to the Cutting Edge Outdoor Show. Fasten your seatbelts for a wild ride through Wisconsin's outdoors. Only on 1250 AM, The Fan. Good morning, everyone, and a very Merry Christmas to one and all. Hey, listen, uh, we got a lot to do on this show today. We got the gut report at six after the 6.30 break. We've got the Hornschwaggle contest after the 6.45 break. We got the NFL football picking contest after the 7.15 break. We got all kinds of stuff going on this morning, so we're glad you're tuning in. He's Dan Bush. I'm Tom Neubauer. Sam Schmitz is on the boards. And we come to you every Saturday morning from 6 to 8 a.m. And we are live, so if you want to, you know, get a hold of us, you want to ask us a question or you got a comment, 414-799-1250. That's 799-1250. Or if you're a little uh, uh, apprehensive about being on the radio, well, then just email us live at ceoguys at yahoo.com. Morning, Danny. Morning, Tom. Good to be back with you this Saturday morning. And uh, before I forget, being as I'm old and I, you know, I frequently forget my name, uh, can I go over some things real quick here? Oh, you betcha. Okay, so we want to welcome a couple of new sponsors. Uh, Wacky Walleyes. Uh, Dale Strohshine and Wacky Walleyes is uh, now going to be our name sponsor. So we talked to Dale a couple of weeks ago. Really look forward to uh talking to him. He's a wealth of knowledge. Uh, after we talked to him about his resort up there, I think it's Sand Bay Beach Resort, I believe. I think there's the beach in Correct. there. Don't want to mess it up. But what a beautiful facility he has. And for the prices, I mean, 
you can get great rates, especially in winter this time of year. It's got, you know, I mean, you can go to some cheap motel in the middle of a city somewhere and pay, pay close to as much as what you'd pay there at Dale's. And you got that right on the water out there. I think I'm going to probably maybe let some of our listeners uh, know about uh, when I'm thinking about doing this. But he has like a walleye, ice fishing walleye school in the spring, like a package deal where you go up there, fish a day or two, and plus you have all the stuff included in the in the lodging, and it's really reasonable, and I've never fished walleyes through the ice, and eh, what the heck, I might do it, so maybe we can get some listeners for that. The other new sponsor is uh, Zbart, and as many as you guys, as many of you know, I've talked about, I bought a my new retirement truck a while back, and obviously when you make that kind of an investment, you want to protect it, so the first thing I did was I went to Zbart and got that spray and rhino lining. And let me tell you, that stuff holds up to, uh, well, I know it held up to one eight-point buck and one ten-point buck where, where those big old racks did not scratch the, uh, the rhino lining, and you can hose that blood off pretty nice and your truck looks good. Uh, the other thing that I had done was the rust proofing. Now, a lot of people, you kind of thought that, well, you know, you know, vehicles nowadays have natural, they don't rust like they did in the 60s when you had a 68 Impala, and you remember, you could kick the back fender and it would come off, you know, from the rust, those old days. But vehicles still do rust. Uh, my truck that I had, my uh, 2008 F-150, it rusted above the, the wheel wells there, Tommy, and, and uh, I actually uh, ordered some of those covers, those kind of whatever you call them, to just kind of cover up the blemishes. And then uh, uh, I think it was uh, it was an auto facelift. I actually fixed some rust that was coming in along where you were by the gas tank. But I, you know, I took my new truck to Zbart, and I got that thing rust-proofed. And uh, it comes with a warranty, and you can do like a touch-up each year. So I did that. The other thing I did was I got what they called the ceramic Z-gloss paint coating. And it's like a three-layer ceramic protection, and it provides protection against dirt, uh, bugs, acid rain, bird droppings, other contaminants, and um, it's it's it that also has a warranty, and you can get that you know get a deal where you can get that kind of touched up each year. And I figured, you know what, I'm going to put the investment in; it's worth it. And I'll tell you, I come back from up north covered with mud, the way a, a good hunting truck should look like. And I mean, it was—it looked like a disaster. I go to the spray car wash, and it's look—it looks like I just took and detailed and waxed the vehicle. I mean, it's that good. You don't have to wax your vehicle, so I'd highly recommend that as well. So, uh, at 7:30, uh, Nathan Krieger, who uh, is the owner of Zbart's, going to be joining us. He's a hunter as well. He and I sat and talked a lot of hunting stories. So we might ask him a little bit more about that uh, Matrix buck we were talking about, Tom. So. Yeah, we got an exciting show lined up. Uh, looking forward to it. Hope maybe we'll get some ice fishing reports as well. I don't know. Have you heard anything, Tom? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Don't go out down here yet. I mean, there there are some areas that are you know in shallow water bays of some lakes that you know have ice on them. They're ice overed. Might be an inch, inch and a half. Some places might even have two inches. But is it really wor- worth? falling through the ice to, for a fish? I don't think so. You know, that's pretty iffy. And let's face it, Danny, you know as well as I do, the ice doesn't all form at the same thickness all across an area. You know, some areas might be a half an inch, another area might be two inches. You know, I mean, it, it, it varies. So, 
I would just tell everybody, don't even think about it yet. It's a little too iffy. Now, if you went up north in northern Wisconsin, yeah, no problem. They got enough ice where you can walk out there and do whatever you need to do. Might not be able to take a snowmobile out there or an ATV, but there's enough ice for, you know, going out and fishing up north. But down here, I'd wait a little bit. I'd be played play it safe. Play it safe, yeah. So, speaking of up north there, hey, can I give you my up north report, Tom? Sure. Okay. So, I went up north, and, um, you know, I, I, I told you about the deer hunt. I had a great, great deer hunt going where one shot with the crossbow, boom, I had an 8-point. One shot with the 270, boom, I had a 10-point. Then I screwed up when I grabbed the old Model 9432 Special and jumped the doe in the, in the marsh and, and tried to plug a doe and I rushed the shot and missed it. So I was upset with myself that I didn't go three for three. So wanting to exact revenge, uh, I went back, or to redeem myself, I went back hunting one last time, uh, the end of the doe hunt this Sunday. I drove up to the farm. So I get up there and I get out there about three o'clock. 3.30, and I figure I'm just going to sit till dark. Well, let me tell you, Tom, you really don't realize. It's, I, I quit hunting with open sights when I was 16, when I graduated to the OT6, my dad's Pump 06 uh, Remington in, in a nice uh, Scope Chief Bushnell scope. Shot a lot of deer with that over the years, and I've since bought many, many new rifles, all scoped. And you really get spoiled by a scope because... Man, you can make, with a good rest, it's routine to make shots out to 200 yards and more, and that's no big deal. Well, you sit on a field with open sights. I had a herd of deer out about, well, half a dozen deer, kind of cool. One buck came out chasing them around, um, not a monster. But with a scoped rifle, no problem, man. But with the open sights, I had to just watch those things, and it's amazing. You know, they this ground blind... A few deer have been shot out of it, and, and they know. They, they wise up because even though they're a couple hundred yards away, I look and the buck is staring at me in the ground blind. Now, how, why he's staring? I don't know if he could tell the windows were open if they're, that, if they're that perceptive or not, Tom, but they recognize something's different. So they're watching them think, God dang, they got me figured out. Well, about uh, 30 minutes later, a doe and a smaller one, maybe two small does, pop out of the woods and they're staring directly at me and they're about maybe 80 yards away. So now I'm thinking, okay, make your move. I can make an 80-yard shot with the open sights. Just take my time. So just as I get the bead on her shoulder, she turns and goes back into the woods and I could have rushed a shot, but I thought, nope, I'm not going to make that mistake twice. So anyway, I watch another six deer come out at another 200 yards up in another field. It's 440 whatever it was. I think it was close to 445, I believe. And legal shooting ends at like 446, I believe. <laughs> Hope I'm right on that. So anyway, I'm getting out. It's like the last minute of the legal shooting. And I look, and there's that, that doe had come out on the field again. She's looking at me. And I'm like, well, it's still legal shooting time. Um whatever time it was, maybe it was 4.43, I can't remember, but I take, get the, get the bead on it, and squeeze the shot, well, it reacted like a hit deer, it ran out into the field, made a loop, and cut back into the woods around the corner, where I couldn't quite see, so I waited about 15 minutes, took my flashlight, walked down there, walked the edge of the field, looking for where it went in, couldn't find any blood, I think, no problem, I'll come back tomorrow morning, well, I came back tomorrow, the next morning, 
And had I walked five yards further, I would have seen the trail of blood where it went in by the leaves. But unfortunately, I'd stopped too soon. The good news was I got the deer. I plugged her. The bad news was the coyotes got her too. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. Son of a gun. It oh, ate, they, no. ate the, they ate the shoulder out on it. And uh, I sure, I could have salvaged. But, you know, after a... After a it's the saliva of a coyote's been on the meat of my deer. I'm like, I, and I was gonna, you know, just give it to a, a friend anyway who wasn't fortunate enough enough to get a deer. And I thought, well, I just I had to leave it. I mean, it, it kind of was. They, they kind of had the back end tore up too. Yeah. But you know, of the four deer we found the following morning this year, uh, that was the only one that got by the hit by the coyotes, and it was within a hundred yards of where my crossbow buck, where I found that the next morning. So I'm at least thankful that they didn't. If they were going to chew up a deer, I'm glad it was the doe, and not the buck that I had shot. Um, you know, back then. But I'm starting to think, Tom, that I was talking to somebody about this. You know, they get used to all those gut piles during deer season. And they get used to hanging around more. And like the bear up in Kodiak Island, the, the brown bears come running when they hear the black-tailed deer hunters shoot. I was talking to a guy, and he seems to think that those coyotes kind of start reacting the same way, where they might hear shots before dark, and that's like a dinner bell where they come running. So maybe maybe that's more likely to happen during gun season than uh, bow season. I don't know. Maybe some of our listeners might call in and give some insight if they've got similar experience. I got a question for you. Now that ground blind, is that up all the time or did you just set it up for that for the weekend? Well, we set it up. I set it up for my friend's son, Stephen, uh, the second day of deer season. And uh, it's set, it, it is set back. It, it, if you, one thing I've learned, if you put it out in the open, they, they notice it's kind of like, uh, another friend of mine put, put it best, like if you walk into, I've said this before, you walk into a living room, your wife moved the couch from one side to the other, and you walk in and you stand there for a second thinking, wait a second, something's different here. So they do notice, but we had it kind of set back up against the woods in the first day that uh, Stephen sat there. He had deer running all around him, so it didn't seem to bother him. But I think the fact that he was blazing away out of it for two nights I, I think they wise up. It, it, it's amazing. Uh, they, they, they're, 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 they are pretty perceptive. Yeah, I, I mean, because I was thinking, like, you know, if a person just puts the blind out, you know, I mean, sure, those, those deer are going to say, hey, that's something different. That's not right, you know. But if, it, if, if it's something that's been sitting there for, let's say, years, several years, you know, well, then they get used to it, you know. But like you said, if there's been a lot of shooting out of it, yeah, they might be perceptive to that. You never know, you know. Yeah, they're wily they, creatures. <laughs> they, they, uh, um, they are. And I would suggest, like, I had set up another blind in late September and didn't didn't go in there and just left it. I was going to crossbow hunt out of it, and then I got my buck and never used it. So that's the blind that uh, Stephen eventually did shoot a big buck out of. But I had it there for a good couple months. So they could kind of get used to it. So you don't want to just show up the day before. And you see that during deer season where like a day or two before you can drive down the road and all of a sudden there's all these blinds popped up. Uh, my suggestion is put them up a couple months in advance if you can, if they exactly. can weather the storm. Uh, or build a good permanent one and, uh, and just leave it like you said all the time. Yep. 
Well, we got to go to a break now, but when we come back, Danny, we got a few emails from listeners we got to get to. So we got that and a lot more here on the Cutting Edge Outdoors. So stay tuned, folks. We got more coming. Welcome back to the Wacky Walleyes Cutting Edge Outdoors. I'm excited to be talking to you this morning, as is my buddy Tommy the True Newbauer. And uh, Tommy, I want to mention one more thing uh, before I forget. Uh, if you're looking for a little stocking stuffer or a gift for somebody, um, I've got a copy of an article from the cover of the Kenosha newspaper here. And if you'll bear with me, I'll read it real quick. It's got a picture of a calendar. It says the 2021 Kenosha Sunrise Calendar. Uh, in the article, it's by Liz Snyder. It says, everyone loves Lake Michigan, right? That sentiment spoken by Tim Tompkins, but univ shared universally around these parts, is one of the driving forces behind a calendar featuring 12 sunrise photos of the greatest of the Great Lakes. That'd be Great La or Lake Michigan, by the way. Um, the uh, bigger driving force is helping three local charities down there, the Shalom Center, the ELCA Outreach Center, and the Hope Council on Alcohol and Other Drug Abuse. Uh, basically what happened was it says Tompkins teamed up with his high school friends, Jim Tostrud, JT. Uh, we hopefully can talk to him sometime. He's a guide on Lake Geneva. And Troy Woodrow, Tom, you know our buddy Troy Woodrow. Woody, he's up in the north, calls in frequently. They're all Bradford class of 1980, and basically they produced the calendar. It features photos uh, by the three of them, a lot of sunrise photos taken by uh, Troy when he lived down there. He liked to walk his dog Max and take sunrise photos. Uh, it's got cover art by uh, J.T. Tostrud. Uh, he's a great wildlife artist, and uh, they basically set up this project as a fundraiser and it's the money's going for charities and i believe the uh the calendars are going for like 15 let me see if i can find it real quick where they're being sold at here um they're going for i believe 15 dollars a piece and they're being sold at uh tenuda's tenuda's deli <laughs> sounds like get a sandwich while you're down there which is 3203 52nd street so if you're looking for a little stocking stuffer Get a beautiful calendar. I'm looking at some of these sunrise pictures. They look awesome. And uh, buy a calendar. Give it to a friend. It's only 15 bucks, And all the proceeds are going to the charities. Nobody's making any profit from what I understand. So uh, good job to Troy and JT and their other buddy from Bradford for pulling that off. Yeah, that that sounds great. That's wonderful. And we, we do have, uh, you know, the awesome Lake Michigan right at our doorstep you know which is pretty neat you know so uh yeah that's good that they're doing a good thing like that yeah that's and it's something cool. that yeah. you know it's something to do with we all like to take sunrise pictures or sunset pictures tom mm -hmm. uh 
But what do we normally do with them? Well, back in the old days, you'd get them developed, right? And you'd be like, oh, yeah, that was a beautiful picture I took on Lake Wabigon in Canada or wherever. Uh, and, uh, and then it gets in a desk drawer with a thousand other pictures and is yep. forgotten forever. Yep. No big deal. Exactly. You know, how many, how often, maybe once in a while, you sit having a great knee high and say, hey, look at this great sunrise picture I got. Uh, well, nowadays, people put them on Facebook, I guess. You got something yeah. productive to do with them, so to speak. But yeah. uh, making a calendar and actually doing something with it, I think, is actually makes it worthwhile. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> should we get to these uh, emails? Shoot. Let them roll. All right. This one is from Bruce, regular listener. He said, uh, don't know if you guys do this, but I do. At the end of the season, I loosen the drag on all my reels. It takes the tension off the spring. Keep up the good show. Truly dedicated listeners. Happy holidays. And stay safe. Well, Merry Christmas to you too, Bruce. And, well, I know I do it. I probably Bushy does it. But there's probably a lot of anglers who don't loosen up their drags. Now, I don't know about springs, but I know there are drag plates. And if you leave that tight drag on your reels over the winter, it kind of compresses all those plates the washers and the little, I, I don't know what even what kind of material it is. It's not asbestos, but it's some kind of material. And uh, it, 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 like, compresses them, and it, and it leaves, like, uh, boy, I don't know, like an imprint almost, you know. So it's really good idea to loosen it up at the end of the season, and then next season tighten them back up again. So that's a, that's a good tip from Bruce. Thanks, Bruce, for writing that. Also, let me go to... Uh, an old friend of mine, Gary, wrote this one. He said, uh, I heard your question regarding deviled eggs last week. <laughs> he said, uh, you know, about why they're called deviled eggs. So he says, basically, it turns out, it says, it turns out the history goes back further than you think. The first documented usage of the word devil as a culinary term dates back to 1786, when according to the Oxford English Dictionary, it was used to describe a highly seasoned fried or boiled fish. By 1800, the term deviling caught on and it was primarily used to refer to the process of making a spicy or condiment-laden dish, like ham or even kidneys, as was common for the time. The Oxford English Dictionary claims the term was presumably adopted because of the connection between the devil and the excess of heat in hell. The association makes sense, even while the spice uh, level of deviled eggs can definitely vary based on filling ingredients, they can have a potential packed heat. So basically, people put some people make their deviled eggs spicy. Maybe back then in the 1800s, they made them spicy, and that's why they called them deviled eggs. Nowadays, I don't think we make a lot of spicy deviled eggs. Maybe some people do. I like putting a pinch of uh, cayenne pepper in mine. Just a pinch, just to give it a little heat. My wife hates that, so I can't make those for her. But uh, that's where the term devil aids comes, spicy stuff made. So there you go. Thank you, Gary, for that uh, enlightening bit there. So, What else we that. got in the... What else we got in the dirty mailbag there? Any more uh, enlightening in, in the stuff, Tom? Mailbag. Uh, let's see now. That was. Uh, that might be it for now. I think. Yeah. That's, that's it for now. Yeah, that's it for now. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, have our listeners send us some more stuff. I got. Hey. Oh, I know what. One thing I got. Uh, information. We didn't get it emailed to us, 
But you were talking about sausage making a while back, right, Tom? Oh, yeah, yeah, were... yeah. I got it. As a matter of fact, I still have it... that right here. Okay, yeah. so, you know, I had gotten a text from uh, Muskie Master J.D., Jim Dembeck, and uh, I had forgot to mention it back then, but, you know, he's like an expert sausage maker. Um, he used to provide some of the meats for some of the, uh, musky outings, I believe that, uh, maybe, uh, the, okay. maybe the two Charlies or three, whatever. So, and he actually was asked to teach a class one time, I believe, based on the text he sent me at some technical school or something. And he, he gave the name of some place that you can get the materials and so forth. So if you need any help making it, uh, Jim is the guy to get a hold of uh, Tom. Yeah. He's an yeah. expert. I got the catalog. Uh, there's a place in, place in Michigan. I saw it in, uh, it, it was in one of the magazines that we get. It could have been Wisconsin Outdoor News or uh, on Wisconsin Magazine, whatever. It was on one of the magazines we get. Maybe it was in, I don't know, one of them. But anyway, and it was this place in Michigan where they would send you a free catalog of all the different things that they sell, you know, to make sausage. And so I, I sent for it, and I got it. I just haven't ordered, you know, anything to make them with yet, you know. You, I was planning on doing that this winter. What's the name? Do you know what the name is? Yeah, it's uh, uh, Butcher and Packer Supply Company, uh, P.O. Box 71748, Madison Heights, Michigan, 48071, or... You can call 1-800-521-3188, or well, you can go on their website, which is butcher-packer.com. So, okay, it, wow, you happen to have that right at your fingertips yeah, there. Yeah, it just happened. You gave me a whole lot more than I thought. Uh, well, Jim might have a place closer. I think it was yeah. start, started with the Ace Hossie I'm, I'm Distributing. Sure there is a, place around here well the thing is danny you know now that you know we do this uh, show it now that i'm doing it at home you know i've got my man cave office and i've got my stuff laying all over here on, on a couple of desks you know so i just happen to have weird stuff laying around you know so that was one of them hey, weird listen, stuff about, for a weird time. guy i say well that my wife tells <laughs> me that all the time so Anyway, we got to go to a break, Danny, and when we come back, I'll be doing the gut report and just want to remind people that at six, after the 6.45 break, we'll be, we'll be playing the Hornschwaggle. So stay tuned for that, folks. A lot more coming up right here on Sports Radio 1250 AM, The Fan. Come in. I'm going to eat you. I'm bigger than you. I'm higher in the food chain. Get in my belly. The Gut Report is brought to you by Discount Liquor. <clears throat> well, listen, folks, uh, I don't think I gave this gut, re gut Report before. My wife says she thinks I did. So if I have given this before and it sounds, you know, that you've heard it, well, just call us at 799-1250 and say, Tom, you're a knucklehead. I've heard this before. All right. That's the disclaimer. Uh, my Gut Report this week is how to do with a dipping sauce. Now, when it comes to, like, pot stickers, oriental dumplings, shrimp, chicken, whatever, I like putting it in a dipping sauce, an oriental-type dipping sauce. And I found one that I really, really like. Maybe you will, too. You go equal amounts of soy sauce, white wine vinegar, and lemon juice. That's it. Now, if that's a little too acidic for you, 
put a half a teaspoon or a teaspoon of sugar in it, okay, and stir that around. Now, when I say equal amounts, I generally myself do like uh, a tablespoon of each, all right? And uh, I don't put any extra sugar in it because I don't find it too acidic for me. Now, if you want, you could put a tablespoon of uh, maybe uh, uh, green onions, diced green onions in it. You could put a little heat in it if you want it with a chili sauce, you know. But the basic recipe is equal amounts of soy sauce, white wine vinegar, and lemon juice. It's really good as a dipping sauce. The Gut Report is brought to you by Discount Liquor. And there you can find Discount Liquor at 51st in Oklahoma uh, in Milwaukee or Main Street in Barstow in Waukesha. They've been in business a long time, folks. It's because of price, service, and selection. So if you're looking for weekly specials and the best deal you can get on, on liquor, beer, wine, soda, all that stuff, go to DiscountLiquorInc.com. Welcome back. Welcome back for another wild and wacky ride on the Wacky Walleyes Cutting Edge Outdoors. I'm Dan Bush along with Tommy the True Newbauer. And uh, Tommy, I, I want to mention something if I can. Uh, remember remember uh, a while back we had Dan Durbin on the show? Yeah. And we asked him, uh, or I had asked him, I don't know, maybe I asked him off the air, uh, about that big bear that the uh, the young girl shot this yeah, year. right. Okay. Right. Did you get a copy of the Wisconsin Outdoor News with the article about that? Uh, yeah, there were some uh, uh, there were some problems with that, weren't there? Yeah, I had heard. In fact, way back, way, way, way back, when I was in Montana with uh, uh, the quick and the deadly Al Shook up there uh, pheasant hunting, he had seen something on some whatever his Twitter, Twitter, Twinong, whatever feed he was looking at on his cell phone. But then we couldn't find it anymore, and it alluded to some possible violations. And uh, I've got it in front of me, and uh, I'll try and just kind of give the, the brief details on it. If anybody wants, you can go to the no- November 13 Wisconsin Outdoor News, probably even Google it and find it there. But apparently what happened was after they had shot the bear, uh, they basically uh, stopped by the Black River Falls DNR office on September 10th, which was the day after the bear was killed. They talked to a DNR warden, uh, Miss Vong Young, I believe I'm pronouncing it right, to see if the bear could be weighed as a you know certified scale for a potential state record. And during the conversation, apparently they said that the the two adults seemed to be more excited about the about the harvest than or kill than the juvenile. Uh, so then Young contacted uh, the DNR warden, uh, Ryan Lowry, asked if the, they could contact the meat processor or taxidermist to get any, any, any information regarding the kill. And at about 5.30 p.m. that day, Young conducted a search of the juvenile's Go Wild account and discovered the bear was registered at 5.17 p.m. that day. And Wisconsin law requires that a bear must be registered no later than 5 p.m. the day following recovery of the bear. And I believe that's the same as far as uh, uh, deer hunting as well. You have till 5 p.m. the next day. You can either go online or, or aisles, just call them in. So apparently from what I'm gathering here, Tom, they were 17 minutes late. 
on registering. So maybe they were so excited about that that they went, who would go rushing to the DNR station without having, you know, registered it at first? Um, so, you know, if they got pinched for 17 minutes, I think that might be a little bit chintzy on the DNR's part. As if, I don't know if chintzy is a good word to use or not, but you know what I'm saying? A little picky. Yeah. A little picky, but and and but for that, um, I don't know whether they would have would have would have uh, you know nailed them or not. But apparently, when they went, that kind of gave them. I guess they got their the bloodhounds got their nose on the scent. I'm not comparing wardens to bloodhounds, of course. The wardens do a good job. I appreciate them, but apparently they uh, went and investigated the property and they found a whole lot of problems. You alluded to baiting and. So real quick, they were charged with uh, placing, using, or hunting over illegal bait for bear or wolf. Um, place, use, hunt over, or train dogs with unauthorized or illegal bait. Uh, party to violation of failure to complete registration is required. Well, that would be the one we were talking about. Uh, maybe they'll plea bargain and throw that one out. Uh, party to the violation of possessed transport uh, bear uh Carcass without carcass tag validated as required. Well, I think that's kind of part of the same thing as that 517 thing. Right. Is not only did you register it, you transported it. And party to the violation, possession of game animals or animals in excess of bag limit or possession limit. So they basically found a whole bunch of other violations, even some regarding to turkey hunting. Apparently, the, the juvenile had shot five turkeys, and when they checked, back records there'd only been two that were registered so it looks like uh, and the types of bait they were using he had a gravity feeder to bait deer and those are illegal as well you're not i think those are the automatic ones so it looks like the he was a property owner and he had all this you know bait elaborate bait stuff set up and he was going outside the uh spirit of the law so i i guess uh that part wasn't good the registration I, I don't know so much, but you know when 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 that bear was shot, I think I made the comment that well, I'm sure Grandpa had plenty of pictures and knew right where that bear was going to be to set up the the juvenile for uh, for the success, and and it sounds like that's kind of the case, and that that kind of brings up another topic, Tom. Being as I'm rambling, you know, I know some some some. Folks that uh, they had a young 10-year-old uh, shoot a deer this year over a bait pile where it is legal to bait. And apparently, you know, it came right in and the little kid was shaking so much he couldn't aim straight and this, but he managed to just drop it. So my brother kind of brought this up. What are you teaching a 10-year-old about hunting when you say, okay, we're just going to dump a pile of corn and sit in this little tent with the heater and you can blast the deer and now you're the mighty hunter um uh, i i don't know you know i in a way i i kind of understand what my brother was kind of saying um you know when i was a kid they, they didn't nobody was baiting deer uh we didn't have heated we didn't have a stand with a heater you went out and you sat on it you brushed the the snow off a, a stump or a log and you sat your butt down and froze for five hours and saw nothing but when you finally did shoot a deer three years later, you gosh darn well, it, with a lever action, open sights, by the way, I mentioned how difficult that can be compared to a 
you know, a precise scope right now with a three-pound trigger, um, you darn well appreciated it when you did get a deer because you had to work for it. So I, I, I think we, we, we want to set kids up for guaranteed success so that they're excited about it and they won't quit. I, I don't know. I don't think so because, you know, it, like I always say in fishing, uh, you, you need the good day. I mean, you need bad days to appreciate the good days. And if, and if you set somebody up each and every time they go out hunting to kill an animal, uh, you know, I mean, it's like, how do they appreciate the days if they, if they don't know what a bad day is? You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Right. So, you know, I, I mean, you got somebody shooting, okay, with a rest, with a scope at maybe 30 yards away, broadside standing there eating some corn. Uh, my first deer that I shot with a rifle was at age 14 with the lever action model 9432 special, which I've mentioned, which I've been yakking about. And it was a, a nub buck that was flying down a hillside as I stood down by the Namaji River and my dad was up on top and I heard his 06 bellowing. And and then he, he, he goes they're coming your way, Daniel. Well, he didn't have to say that because when that when I heard the shot, my heart was pounding. And this this deer come flying down the hillside, and I shot five shots, which my uncle thought was coming from an automatic semi-auto. But uh, adrenaline going, and uh, I hit it twice. The final shot hit it right in the head and dropped it. And that was wasn't standing broadside over a pile of corn with uh, with the scope crosshairs on his shoulder. Uh, that was a, but I'll tell you what, it's probably the best shot I've ever made after 50 plus, yeah, I guess 50 years of hunting is probably the best shooting I ever had. Wow. That's pretty awesome. That is awesome. Well, so, listen, you know, we got to go to another break, but coming gotcha. up next folks is the Hornschwaggle and it's brought to you by Curly's Water. No, no, excuse me. It's brought to you by Carl's Country Market out there in Menominee Falls on the corner of Pilgrim and Silver Spring. You'll get a if you if you win you get a ten dollar gift certificate to Carl's Country Market and it is a place where you definitely want to check it out you know the best sausages in town and everything else meat and more so uh, be a contestant in the Hornswoggle call right now at four one four seven nine nine twelve fifty that's seven nine nine twelve fifty and we'll be right back with more of the I guess we're calling it the Wacky Walleye Cutting Edge Outdoors. Welcome back to the Wacky Walleyes, Cutting Edge Outdoors, and I do mean Cutting Edge Outdoors. Thanks for getting aboard the crazy train, going for a ride with us this morning. We want to thank our listeners. We want to thank our sponsors. If you enjoy the show, we appreciate you uh, getting out there and uh, patronizing them. Let them know you heard about us or about them on the Cutting Edge Outdoors. Uh, we always thank law enforcement, first responders, healthcare workers, military out there. Keeping America great, we thank you for what you do, and uh, I want to mention that last week's winner for the Hornschwaggle, Tom, you know, I, I bolted out of town so quick, I didn't get the, um, uh, no, it wasn't Hornschwaggle, it was the NFL football picking contest 
winner. I think his name was Charlie or Charles. Uh, I sent it out yesterday. So uh, if uh, he's listening right now, you should get your certificate for the Waterfront Pub, a great place to watch the football game tonight in Pewaukee or go over to Park Avenue Pizza, two great places out here. And uh, with that being said, uh, do we have a lucky contestant there, Sam? Yes, today we got Shane from McGuanago. Shane from McGuanago. Yeah, good morning, Shane. Good morning. Yep, you want to go to McGuanago. Okay, that's my uh, that's my poetry there. Sorry, Shane. It's bad. Okay. So you know how this works, Shane? I do. Okay, so here we go. I'm on the topic of archery. Archery. Um, first of all, the legendary, the famed, the one of a kind, sung about by Ted Nugent, immortalized, the great Fred Bear. His actual name was Frederick Karowski, but he changed his name from Karowski to last name to Bear because it sounded cooler as a hunter. Hornswoggle or no Hornswoggle? Hornswoggle. Hornswoggle. Yeah, very wow. good. Oh, Fred Karowski. Who could forget Fred Karowski? Um, okay. Uh, bows. Back in the day, like when Tom, you know, was a young lad, being his, or and, and uh, Dan Bush was a young lad, there were recurve bows. There was no such thing as a uh, compound bow on the market back then. And three of the more uh, popular or uh, widely available were the bear recurve, Ben Pearson and American Archery, Hornswoggle or No Hornswoggle? No Hornswoggle. No Hornswoggle. Wow, okay. we got a winner already. You know, I got a, I got a feeling that, that, that Shane is kind of like uh, uh, Biden. There's a teleprompter. There's somebody in his ear giving him answers. So, or, or giving answers. So, no, sorry about that, Shane. Just messing with you. Okay, let's okay. see if you get the third one. Uh, just in case, uh, so you'd really be a winner, three for three, even though you are a winner already. Uh, Fred Bear. Fred Bear used a brass sight pin and peep on the string for his shooting. Hornswoggle or no Hornswoggle? Hornswoggle. Hornswoggle. A great Fred Bear was an instinctive shooter. He was like when men were men, and oh, I won't even finish that one. So I'll tell you what, Shane, um... Make sure we're going to put you on hold. Thanks for listening and leave your address and you will get a certificate for $10 to Carl's Country Market, maker of the greatest. Uh, get some of the barbecue sticks is my suggestion there, Shane. Yeah, so okay. hold tight and, uh, and our guy Sam I am will get your information. Thanks for playing. Thank you. Okay, bye now. Okay. Wow, Shane was right on it. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, that Fred Karowski one <laughs> would fool would fool a lot of people, I think. Yes, uh, and I have to mention that the prize contests on the Cutting Edge Outdoors are the sole responsibility of the Cutting Edge Outdoors radio show and its sponsors. Any questions or comments should be directed to guys at yahoo.com. Hey, Danny, we got a few more emails. Hey, they're coming ready? in hot. Yep, I'm ready. Right, this born one ready. is from Ken. All right, it's about the eggs. He can <laughs> This is actually pretty funny. How do we get so many? We'll get on a goofy topic, Tom. Well, I know. And it's I, weird, I, eh? We'll talk about something serious about bear, deer, or wildlife. We get no no response. We talk about eggs or navel length, and everybody wants to chime in. Yep. Well, Ken says real men prefer pickled eggs. 
which are very good too. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Ken. Uh, have you ever had a pickled egg, Danny? There used to be a bar down the road here called the Pickled Egg, you know. That used to be one of my main stomping grounds. And a guy named Larry and Diane owned it, and they it was called the Pickled Egg. And, yes, they had pickled eggs right there, and I had a pickled egg, yes. Okay. And this is from Dan. Dan says, Hot Distributing in Menominee Falls has everything you need to make your own sausage. That That's Hot Distributing. It's spelled H A U. G-H-T, hot, okay. hot Distributing in Menominee Falls. I, I, that's the one I think Jim Dembeck had, yeah, had texted I'm not me gonna about. I'm going to delete this. I'm going I'm to save this one, and uh, I'm going to check that place out. Yeah. So yeah, Good. Thanks so to Dan are, and Jim for letting us know. Yeah. So, Oh, Dan, i got to ask you a question. Shoot. Go ahead. Do you know what December 21st is? Solstice. Yes, and do you know why it's important? Um, because that's when uh, the wise men saw Jesus by the star, and the shepherds came up and had a barbecue. Uh, it's it's the first day of winter, and it's the shortest day of the year. Yes, so of course I knew that. So after the 21st, our days will start getting longer by a minute or two or whatever. Oh, oh boy. So, <laughs> we got that to look forward to. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's still dark at God dang... You know, it's, it really sucks, Tom, being retired and wanting to maintain my get up at five and have my coffee and get ready for my day routine when it's gosh darn dark outside till 7.30. Yeah, I know. You know, before my wife retired, I was up every day at 5.30, Monday through Friday, five o'clock on Saturdays. You know, Sunday I could sleep a little later. But during the week, it was 5.30 all the time. Well, now that she's retired and I'm retired... I don't have to get up at 5.30 anymore, so I don't. <laughs> I sleep a little later, you know. I, I still wake up right at 5 o'clock every day, 5.30, and I just don't necessarily get my body up and moving. I still get up and make the morning coffee and turn on the news and listen to the listen to the news and find out how everybody's wrecking the world so much. And, uh, yeah, it's just that I don't get up and actually on the road, which I'll tell you what, it's such a nice thing to not have to get up and start the truck up and wait for it to warm up and brush all the snow off. Uh, yeah, it's, um, yeah, yeah. I was just telling my wife the other day, I said, you know, doing the show from home this winter is going to be really nice. As a matter of fact, what's really nice, now that we know how to do this and it comes out okay, is that for years to come now, if, let's say, in the winter, you and I have come to the studio in some pretty crappy weather, you know, yeah. that we braved the elements like, yeah, like we postal workers, you know, and got to the studio when we probably should not have been driving. Well, hey, what's buddy. nice now is we don't have to. We can do it from home if, it's, if the weather is so bad out. That's a, that, I think that's really not neat that we're able to do that now. Yeah, we're getting soft, though, Tom. You know, the show must go on, man. And we uh, I give you credit because I had the four-wheel drive uh, nice trucks that I used. Uh, you used to take your van, which, I mean, those are basically like strapping on a pair of ice skates uh, and going Sometimes, out. Sometimes, yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah, so I give you more kudos. And then our good friend John Lehman, 
uh, you know, he uh, he passed several years ago, right around Christmas. Loved the guy, great guy. Started this show back in the day. But he actually hit a deer the one time on the way to the studio. And uh, I don't think he ever did make it in that day, did he? Didn't he just yes, call yeah, us? Yeah, he did. As a matter of fact, he made it to the show, and he told us the story while we were on the air. And then after the show, we went out to his truck to look at the deer because the the sheriff helped him throw it in the back of his truck. So we went out, and we looked at the deer, and then he said to you and me, hey, uh, either one of you want to gut this deer out for me? And we we looked at him and laughed and said, no way. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I remember. He yeah, tried to so, con us into that. Yeah, he tried to con us in, and we weren't nah, having any of, any of that. No way. No, nah, yeah, you know, I had a lot of experience cleaning deer this year, but it's not a... It's not a bad task when you got a when you got a trophy buck laying there. Then you don't mind cleaning your deer. Uh, but if it's another one, uh, yeah, you know, sometimes you start thinking about it. Uh, do I really want to shoot this doe? How much work is this going to involve? It's kind of cold out right now. Um, yeah, and that was middle of summer though. I think when that one, I didn't feel yeah. like cleaning one when it was 90 degrees either. No, not at all. But we got uh, we got to take a quick uh, break here, a real short one, and we're going to come back with the second hour. Now, Danny, as far as I understand, we're calling the show now the Wacky Walleye Cutting Edge Outdoors. Well, that's what you understand, correct, Tom? That's okay, what. Uh, I, that's I, the, I those are the a, words coming out of my mouth right now. Well, yes. Because I did not get a memo on that. I didn't. Well, there was no memo, memo Tom. Huh? No, it, there was no memo. Uh, when I was sitting on the throne this morning at 5.30, I had a conversation with Dave Olson. So, uh, yeah, we had top Intel communications going on. So for the time being, that's what we're going with, my friend. And when we come back, I got more hunting stories, if that's okay, buddy. Oh, I don't mind at all. No problem. I'll just sit back and listen and take it easy. You know, why not? All right. All right. Sounds good. I, I, I hope all our listeners sit back, take a break, take it easy. Play that Eagle song for us, Sam. Huh? We'll have Tom cue up Take It Easy by the Eagles later today. Oh, there you go. How, you, how about Sam? Sam. Okay. I, I got say? you guys. <laughs> he said Tom. Right. But, well, well, we'll play it right. at 7.15. Here, all right, sounds good. Yeah. I'm getting like Tom here. I'm messing up names. Hey, that's all right. I mean, I've, I've been known to do that every now uh, and then. You're my anyway, idol. Okay, that's folks, what I'm trying to be like go. you. We'll be right back in just a couple minutes. Stay tuned for the second hour of the Wacky Walleye uh, Cutting Edge Outdoors with Dan Bush and myself, Tom Neubauer. Sam, take us away. The following is paid commercial programming. The content and opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect those of WSSP, Entercom Milwaukee, its staff, or sponsors. From Lake Michigan to the Mississippi and every river, lake, and field in between, let's talk everything outdoors. <laughs> You're on the crazy train. <laughs> Welcome to the Cutting Edge Outdoor Show. Fasten your seatbelts for a wild ride through Wisconsin's outdoors. Only on 1250 AM, The Fan. around folks for the second hour of the wacky walleye cutting edge outdoors i do appreciate it he's dan bush i'm tom neubauer sam schmitz is on the boards 
And I want to wish every, all of our listeners a very Merry Christmas. You know, that's our Christian ris- listeners, I wish a Merry Christmas. For our Jewish listeners, I wish a Happy Hanukkah. And for our uh, atheist listeners, well, have a nice day. Uh, <laughs> we come to you every Saturday morning from 6 to 8 a.m. We're live, we're unrehearsed, so sometimes you never know what you're going to get. But generally, we talk about what's in season. And you can always be part of the show by calling us at 414-799-1250. That's 799-1250. Or you can always email us live at ceoguys at yahoo.com. All right, Danny, you've got a few more uh, hunting stories? Yes, I do. And, you know, I'm pretty impressed, Tom. We used to, in the old days, one one of us, me, you, or John back in the day, would tease what we're going to talk about the next segment. And then we'd come back and we'd totally space out and not talk about it at all. So good job on remembering. So, yeah, I was uh, after my uh, debacle of uh, feeding the uh, coyotes on Sunday night, I decided to drive up to my palatial estate up in Douglas County. And uh, I took my new app, the Hunt Stand app, and uh, it has the boundaries. It's really cool. You can go out, you see right where you're at, because I own 40 acres of wilderness up there that a good portion of it is across the river where I've never been. And when I tried going last year and went, got lost and ended up on a property I was one river bend down from where I should have been. Well, now I took my new app and pinpointed it. And uh, I've got about, uh, it's really cool. The app actually shows you how many acres you have across the river. So I don't know what it, 25.65 acres or whatever it said. And it it looks really wild and it's uh, surrounded by miles of county forest. So I'm going to have to, once the ice gets good, I'm going to go cross over there and Maybe if I ever get motivated, I'll take a canoe in the fall and go back and hunt trophy bucks where no no man has ventured before. Are there um, any fish in that river? You know, it's interesting you ask that. It's the Namaji River. It's a little brown, little, it's got that clay. They've got that red clay up there. And it runs actually into Lake Superior. And many years ago, Tom, in the uh, 70s, when I was a kid, Uh, A walleye run was discovered on that river where near where it goes into Lake Superior, right in the town of Superior, guys would go there trolling crawler harnesses. There was a neighbor of my grandmother's at the time, and he'd come back with stringers of some nice, you know, three to five pound walleyes. And uh, we actually went there in a little aluminum boat, me and my dad and my uncle trolling crawler harnesses. And uh, we didn't catch any walleyes that day, but we did catch a musky, an original Great Lakes strain, that's before they started stocking them up there, but one of those rare Great Lakes strain muskies. My uncle caught like a 31-incher, my Uncle Jim, and of course we let it go, but we thought that was a pretty neat catch. And and there used to be people that would fish right on the bank. I still want to go back to this spot, Tom. I saw people fishing leeches just sitting on the bank in a hot June day or maybe even early july and they had some nice walleyes and i i'll bet nobody even fishes for those today because now everybody is over on the st louis river which at that time was polluted by the steel steel mill so nobody fished that river except myself and my cousin steve would catch big northerns out there fishing where nobody would fish just chucking spoons off of railroad tracks and that's also the spot one of our spots where we uh, have some other secret monster pike spots but um it, actually, my uh, uncles would do this. 
they would go down in the middle of winter and I did this in the 70s and I thought they were crazy and they were you'd go out and you'd cut a hole in the river and you'd stand there at midnight in below zero weather and lawyers you'd spear lawyers they'd come up you'd get on a sandbar and you'd sit there with a spotlight and wait forever and they'd spear lawyers and we'd give them to the old farmer Eddie Miller whose uh, whose land is we now own up there uh, he was the bachelor farmer that my dad grew up to, and they helped him as a kid working on his farm. But spearing lawyers, yeah, so there's a run of lawyers there in the winter. You wouldn't believe it. Um, and actually, another story was my dad went down there as a, as a kid and would throw half sticks or quarter sticks of dynamite in the river, and they'd net suckers down below. Dad's dead now, so I guess the statute of limitations is up. He can't get arrested. And they'd also put nets down there, Tom, and one time they went down to pull the nets up, hoping to get suckers, and there was a monster fish in there that this giant head came up, looked like a shark, I guess, and they were just kids at the time, and it tore the net and got away, and they had no idea what kind of monster it was, and it had to have been a lake sturgeon from Lake Superior that was actually way up in that river. So, yeah, kind of interesting. I would, um, I would think there should be trout in that river, you know, further into the river. I bet you there's trout in there. Well, that, that's interesting, too. Now, my cousin Stephen got into the trout fishing, and he would, I, I, I think there's another river close by called the Balsam. There are some other rivers that he used to explore looking for trout. I, I don't think he ever did too well, however. Now, I did shoot something up there, Tom, which I've wanted to get mounted for a long time, and I'm very excited about it. Uh, I shot a great big monster black squirrel, melanistic phase of the gray squirrel. Um, and there are, there are, you know, that, that type genetics in certain parts of Wisconsin, black squirrels can be rather, you know, common, I guess. But the squirrels up there, they always are running around like they're looking over their shoulder, let me tell you. Especially a black squirrel. They stick out like a sore thumb. They got all those predators. But I finally got a big one. I'm going to get it mounted. Now, normally I like to take my stuff to our good buddy Dan Johnson over here um, in Oconomowoc. I mean, as far as fish, he has no, there's no rival. Nobody does a fish better than him. But being as um, I have to get it into a place right away, and uh, I, I actually did get it into a place uh, called, uh, I think I mentioned him before, uh, Hop Taxidermy up there by Sparta. Um, and he's going to do it. I'm going to get it done on a, like a white birch log, that black squirrel contrast and look really cool. So the only problem is I got a clear space here, uh, where, where on the wall I'm going to hang it along with my two deer heads. It's a good problem to have. Um, uh, did I mention that hop taxidermy guy on the show, Tom, that he hunts pheasants with a 410 shotgun? Uh, I don't know. I don't think so. No. Yeah. The guy's name is Doug Hop. And uh, he hunts pheasants with a 410, and I'm like, oh my gosh, you, you got to be an expert. And then the guy started showing me all his trophies from these uh, sporting clay shoots where he goes 50 for 50 with a 410. He told me that he's won countless shotguns and all kinds of prizes. It got to the point where people would see his name on the entry, you know, at one of these shoots, and they wouldn't even enter because he was in it. Uh, he's that. Good. So Al Shook will be, sorry, Al, he's even a better shot than you, the quick and the deadly with the 20 gauge or 28 gauge. This guy uses a 410, although now Al is challenged. He told me he's going to try and get a 410 now to shoot those birds with. But yeah, 
Uh, just a quiet guy, has the business with his daughter. He's got beautiful Brittany Spaniels. I talked to him yesterday. He said he was getting ready to go out and do some bird hunting yesterday afternoon. But a uh, real nice little shop, so I highly recommend, like I said, Dan Johnson especially. I wouldn't take a fish anywhere but Dan Johnson, no matter how I'd have to try and preserve it. Uh, hops fish are nice, but they're not Dan Johnson's fish. But as far as game animals and birds, I'll tell you what, if you're coming back, from northern Wisconsin, and you got something that you want to drop off up in that northern part of the state. It's right off Highway 27 in Sparta. Stop on in there, and the prices are great, too. All right. We, we have uh, three emails. First oh, of wow. all, from David. Um, here, I wanted to reach out and let everyone know how helpful and nice you both are. I emailed a question into the show several weeks back that was really awesome. You followed through, that, I think he's talking about me, you followed through and did what you said you would do with regard to helping me with my question. Many times people will say that they will do something and then they have a difficult time following through. The answers I received were very helpful and the guys got back to me. I, I told them to check with Ron Heidenreich too. I appreciate the time you took out of your days to call me and email me with help. Thank you very much. My 12-year-old son took our advice and we now have another fisherman passionate about fishing. He said, Dad, I can't believe you actually talked to the guys on the radio show. He was thankful, too, and listened to the advice. We are looking forward to many more uh, fishing days together. Anyway, thank you so much, guys. I listen every week and love the show. Your friend, David. Well, thank you, David. That's nice. See, David had asked me a question uh, with his son, and then uh, I emailed him back got Ron Heidenreich involved because this David had gone out to Smokies and then uh, uh, I then I called him okay he said I'd like to talk to you so I called him and we got on the phone and we had a real nice conversation so uh, that went well okay this one is from Jim Denbeck Jim Denbeck says hey guys Lynn called from work asked if my ears were ringing yep as you were talking about sausage sausage I was stuffing my smoker with 25 pounds of Polish, 5 pounds of andouille, and a turkey breast and a ham. Holy crap, who's Jim feeding? Anyway, we'll, we will be making two to 300 pounds of Italian in January. If Tom is interested in a lesson, after you see how hard you have to work, many seem to regress and let others do the sausage making. <laughs> Tom, I have bought from Butcher Packer in the past, for high temp cheeses i don't know what that means you're welcome to sample of smoked polish about 1 to 2 p.m today well thank you jim i appreciate that gotta see where i'm gonna be at at 1 to 2 p.m today oh come uh, on tom you'll be the same place you always are on your couch no i don't sit on the couch i got a recliner nice, uh, i got a nice reclining chair yeah, are you uh, like archie bunker <laughs> you got the chair but so anyway, Jim is, is, my goodness, 25 pounds of Polish, 5 pounds of anduri, andouille, a turkey breast, and a ham. This guy's going crazy out there cooking so much stuff. Oh, my goodness. And, and he'll be making two to 300 pounds of Italians in January. It, did you say andouille? Andouille, yeah. Isn't that some kind of a decimal system or something? No, <laughs> no, no, no. It's a like uh, it, it's basically a Cajun Louisiana sausage. How do you know this stuff, Tom? I mean, you just always amaze me. You Believe it are... or not, 
lot of people don't realize this, but I used to have my own private library. Um, I, I used to read hardcover books, so I still do. But I used to go at about one a week for many, many, many years. I had over, oh, goodness, it was over 600 of them in my library. And they were alphabet. I had bookshelves in the man cave, and they were alphabetized by author. And if somebody wanted to borrow a book, they'd have to fill out a little three-by-five card because I wanted to make sure I got it back. My wife eventually told me I had to get rid of them all. I was you know, cluttering so, up the place. So you actually, you actually set up a library. Now, yeah. did you did you set these up by author yes, or topic? By author. By by author. author. What and kind of authors did you try and oh, you name go it. by? All, all kinds. I mean, all, all different kinds. But I especially liked the stuff that was the... It, it was... Uh, I forget how you call that now. It was historical books, but... Yeah, the authors took a little literary license with it, okay? Basically all true stuff, but who knows what people said to each other, so they'd make that stuff up. But I really got into a lot of the ancient stuff, like ancient Egypt, ancient Rome, ancient Greece. uh, And and every book I read, I wouldn't put it on the shelf until it was read, and I signed my name in the book. I mean, I still read books now, but maybe only one every two weeks instead of one a week maybe one every three weeks uh it all depends so uh but yeah you know you know that's really that really is interesting tom that you bring it up and i might tease you a little bit about stuff but uh i I liked you know i think one of the one the way that you know i as you know i did some writing for uh esox angler badger sportsman i had a, a column with lake country reporter and I never learned how to write in school, per se, but I used to read hunting books, outdoor magazines. I read all the time, and I kind of picked up on how they go about writing and telling a story. And and a lot of what I learned was from as a kid. I used to read. My dad was a member of the Outdoor Life Book Club, and they would get a send a book, I don't know, whatever, once every couple months or whatever. I would read those cover to cover hunting, game animals, fish. Dad never touched those books. He just belonged to the club. But it taught me how to read, and I learned a lot about the outdoors from reading those books. And I think it's it's good that you that you read a lot. I know, uh, I think our friend Troy Woodrow reads a lot as well. He's a very smart guy. Uh, you know, a lot of, I don't think people read enough these days. Does anybody take the time to sit down and read a book, for gosh sake? No, and I think now with the whole COVID thing that's been, you know, going on for, my God, almost a year, that I think more people have got into reading, especially during the reading month, I mean, during the winter because uh, you just can't go outside and do a lot of things that you did in the summertime. But, uh, no, I, I, you know, I enjoyed it. And I, you know, I did the same thing years ago. I wrote for, a, you know, half a dozen different magazines and did a column in a newspaper. And uh, the thing is, is that I, I learned the same way. From reading stuff, you get an idea of how you should write it, how it should sound. But then hey, again, Tom. you know, then again, you know, I was never an expert, so... I kind of, you know, just talked the regular stuff. I didn't use a lot of big words, you know, because of the fact that I didn't need them, you know, for I people think, to understand what I was saying. But I you think know we're what, four Eddie, minutes late for break. Yeah, we're way behind. So, folks, coming up next is the NFL football picking contest. 
Sam will tell us who the Packers are playing and what the point spread is. And if you want, you can be a contestant. And if you beat or tie the three of us, well, then you will win a $10 gift certificate to Curly's Waterfront Pub on Pewaukee Lake. They've got good food. They've got good drinks. They've got nice people out there. And, uh, and especially uh, in the winter months when the ice is frozen over, every weekend there's an ice fishing jamboree. It's a, it's a fun place to go to. So anyway, if you want to be a contestant, call 414-799-1250. That's 799-1250. And uh, you could be the contestant and win that $10 gift certificate. So stay tuned, folks. Don't run away. We'll be right back with more. Okay, welcome back, cheeseheads, to the Wacky Walleyes Cutting Edge Outdoors. And right now we've got our NFL picking contest, if you can call it contest. Whoever wins it's, is going to win. I mean, well, that may, whoever calls is going to win, so take it away, Tom. There you go. Who, uh, Sam, who do we got on the line? Uh, we got Ray in Milwaukee. All right, good morning, Ray. How you doing? Good. Good. Good, nice good. Show. Okay, now Sam, tell us uh, who are the Packers playing and what's the point spread, and 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 what is with this Saturday game time? It I seems like this past week we had games on. Uh, let's see now, they were on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Now Saturday. I mean, it's like what are they every it's night of the of, week? It's part of the COVID thing. They're moving games around. Yeah. So Sam, what do you got? Uh, Packers are playing the Panthers tonight at Lambeau Field. Packers are favored by eight points as of now. Eight points. Okay, Ray, who do you think is going to take this against well, the point spread? I'm going to go with the Pack, but I'm going to call it a tight game. i got it going into overtime. It's Saturday night. It's prime time. I'm going to go with the Pack 27-24 to sneak one out and run off the field. But you don't – so in other words, you don't think they're going to cover the spread. No, they won't cover that spread because Teddy Bridgewater is a quarterback. He knows Green Bay from his time up say, in Minnesota. Did you say they would cover the spread? No, yeah, they he's won't. picking. So basically, he's picking the Panthers with the points. But he took the Packers. Well, I he just misspoke, Tom. He's trying. Yeah, he's saying the Packers will win. But basically, what you're saying, Ray, is with the points, you're actually taking Carolina then. Because it's an eight-point right. spread. I got the game going into overtime. It's going to be a tight game, 27-24 Packers. All Packers right, so win, so but they don't Car- cover the spread. So you're taking Carolina. Who is? You. No, I'm taking the Packers. I said I got the Packers winning in overtime. Yeah, but you got we're playing against the spread here. Oh, against the spread? Yeah. Uh, well, then I'll go with Carolina. There you go. That's what we thought. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Okay, no problem, Tom. I'm sorry. Yeah, you had coffee. I didn't. <laughs> no, actually, I didn't. I had a real nice uh, a black cherry tea. But well, Are you anyway. going out after your show for that cheeseburger and shake like you did a couple weeks ago? No, not, it wasn't after the show. It was after Sherpers. Okay, no problem. Yeah. But anyway, okay, so Danny, uh, okay, Ray has got Carolina and the points. What do you got, Danny? I'm I'm with Ray. He's a smart man. I think that uh, Carolina has a good running game, and uh, we have problems with those uh, physical teams that run against us. 
and I and I think the Packers are going to beat them by more than eight points. Rodgers and the team are on a roll. And what do you think, Sam? Yeah, Packers cover the points. Yeah, oh. okay. So there's two for Carolina, two for the Packers. Ray, you're an automatic winner. Oh, man. Because it's no nice matter what, win. Merry either. Christmas. <laughs> nice to win. Yeah, Merry Christmas to you, too, buddy. <laughs> make make sure you leave your address, and uh, being as I'm not rushing out of town this weekend to go hunting or anything, well, I might rush out tomorrow, but I'll mail that uh, $10 gift certificate to Curly's Waterfront Pub out to you. Yeah, I've been out there. That's a nice place. You can't beat it. I even walked down there, because you guys always talk about Smokies. I went down there. But you said you got to get him early in the morning. He's out there. He ain't out there in the afternoon, then, eh? Who he yes. Is? Well, who, well, whoever's out there running it, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know what their winter hours well, are now. They're it's closed kinda, now, Danny. Oh, they are closed entirely. Don't now. they open for Christmas gift certificates, though, Tom? Uh, that was they closed uh, last week. It was either uh, it was either last week or this week they closed. So, no, they, Can you park they were right across the street there from uh, Waterfront and, and walk out on the ice and go ice fishing out there? Sure. Would they allow that? Yeah. Yeah, that okay, that parking that. that parking lot across from Waterfront is not Waterfronts. That's actually Smokies. Oh, it is. Yeah. Yeah, and in, in the summertime, it's reserved for boats and uh, tr- you know vehicles and trailers only. Once they pay the parking fee. Uh, but once the open water season's over, uh, people will park there and go walk out on the ice, the ice fishermen. Yeah, I wanted to get in the Smokies, Bushy. I wanted to see your muskie you got hanging on the wall in there. Well, I, there you know, again, Tom, Tom said it's closed, but I'm going to differ with Tom. I'm thinking they may, might open up for a couple of days just nope. to sell gift certificates before Christmas. Nope, they're closed. They're not? They're closed. Did you talk to, did you talk to the owner? Talk to Ron. Yep. Okay. Well, okay. They are I, I, I'm, I'm still surprised. I would think that they'd open for it. They used to get open just for a little bit. Yeah. Not if not, that, you'll... where's that pizza joint you talk about out in Pewaukee too? Yep. From uh, Waterfront. How far is it? Yeah, Park Avenue Pizza. It's right on the corner by the main drag by the beach. Park Ave. Great place. Yeah. Waterfront's great. Come watch the game out there today. They sometimes have free pizza too during hey. halftime. Hey Ray, do you know where the the beach is? For Pewaukee Lake. Yeah, when yeah, it's you go yeah yeah I know where it's at. Yeah, if you go out, you know it's Capitol Drive. Just go straight out and well okay. anyway, uh, okay. water. I mean uh, Park Avenue Pizza is uh, just east of the beach, just a block or two east of the beach. Well, how break, I went Tom, out there we gotta go to Milwaukee, break. I take ninety four to Double S and it rolls right in the uh, uh, waterfront Double S right. Well, that'll go to the waterfront, yes. But the other way, you go to the beach. Okay, I got you. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, we got to go to a break. Thanks, hey, Merry Ray. Christmas, Don't forget, you guys. It's always nice to win. Thank you. With, uh, thank you. Sam. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Thanks, Ray. And we got to go to another quick break. Who's coming up next, Danny, on the show? Uh, we're gonna have uh, Nathan Krieger from Zbarts calling in. All right. So, folks, stay tuned for that. Uh, uh, right here. Well, boy, I'm I'm just getting all flustered this morning. We'll be right back with more, folks. Stay tuned.
Welcome back to the Wacky Walleyes, Cutting Edge Outdoors. Uh, we're on our last legs here, last half hour of the show. Thanks to our listeners and sponsors. We appreciate you getting on board with us. And uh, right now on board, we've got uh, one of our new sponsors, uh, Nathan Krieger, president of Zbart. Good morning, Nate. Good morning. So we're going to talk a little bit. Yeah, this is Tom. And uh, Tom, um, Nathan is actually cousins with Andy, who is one of our, you know, technicians out at Smokey's Musky Shop. And also one of the luckiest anglers I know, Lucky Andy, always catching 50-inch muskies. Um, but uh, Nathan is also a hunter himself. So before we talk Z-Bart, uh, uh, Nathan, uh, tell us a little bit about your deer hunt this year. How'd you do? Uh, did all right this year. Got uh, got a buck early with the crossbow, and uh, it was just it was a fun hunt. It wasn't the kind of buck that we normally take off of our land. We normally let them grow one more year, uh, but you know it had been five years, and it was kind of an exciting hunt. I had this buck walking around me for about forty five minutes with a with another one, and they were staying just out of range at that sixty seventy yard mark, kind of through brush, and uh, you know after a while, and a, a bunch of doe bleats and calls to him. Finally, he turned and started coming my way, and uh, he was a really good-looking two-and-a-half-year-old deer, you know, and I, I thought he was a little bigger. There was a little ground shrinkage on this one, but just the way it happened, the way he came up, uh, he was on kind of a, a solid walk, and he was going to pass me, and I only had two shooting lanes left, and he got to the final one, and I gave him the, you know, the, the grunt with the mouth to stop him, and I had to almost yell at him to get him to stop, and he stopped just in time. I had, like, a little two-foot window at 30 yards out, and, uh, you know, his head was kind of behind the tree still, but I just had right behind that shoulder peeking out from behind the tree and uh, let one go real quick on him, and uh, he only, it was a double lung. He went about 60 yards and piled up, so uh, it, it was good. My dogs appreciated it because they got out in the field more where I didn't have to spend as much time in the woods. I was able to get them out pheasant hunting. So uh, it was it was a good hunt this year regardless of, of COVID and being shut down for a little bit. Um, but, yeah, good stuff. Yeah, you know, I I was thinking about this uh, there, Nate, when I was up in the cabin up by myself up in the middle of the wilderness in Douglas County that, you know, the hobbies that we have – are probably the safest hobbies to have right now. You're out by yourself in the woods, up at a cabin, whatever, not really interacting with a whole lot of people, and you're doing what you love to do. So, and uh, and and as far as you go, uh, I guess you know your dogs can't give you COVID. At least I don't. Well, I don't think they can. So going out doing some bird hunting is great. I mentioned last week you were talking about this matrix buck. Can you run that by and tell Tom the story on it? <laughs> sure. Yeah, crazy buck. I was uh, hunting on a cousin's land, and uh, it, it, sad part about this too is I just found out yesterday that this particular cousin, their house burned down over the weekend, uh, or I think Thursday. So wow, that's sad terrible. little side story. Um, but anyway, um, Greg Dorf is his name, and I think there's a GoFundMe page. I think their insurance lapsed to like three days before the house burned down. So Greg Dorf, if anybody can help out, just plug that. But anyway, this Matrix buck, I was hunting with him on his land. I think they're up in Adam's uh, friendship. And he puts me in a stand, you know, like we all do. I'm praying for this large buck. And I think uh, the Sunday sermon had told me to pray very specifically that week you know, for things that you want. So I asked for a 14-pointer to come out of some pine trees at the back end of this property. And lo and behold, 
an hour before dusk, I see what looks like Bullwinkle get up from this small scrub pine trees in the back of this property. And he's out, you know, starts out at like 300 yards and he closes to 200 coming at me. And all I see are horns. And when you see giant horns from 200 yards away, you know, it's a big one, right? So he's closing and I didn't shoot at 200. I had a shot at 200, but I didn't take it because he's coming my way. He disappeared into the thicket and out in front of me. And uh, for 40 or 30 minutes, I'm waiting to see him again and praying and praying. He finally shows up on my left side with about five minutes left of shooting light. I pull up the gun on him. He's now, uh, I don't know, 80 to 100 yards out. I pick up on him. I pull the trigger, and my Browning A-bolt, the bolt was not locked all the way down. And so the gun goes click, and nothing happens. And my heart sinks to my, you know, down right. to my feet. Yeah, right? So he's still there, so I slowly start cycling the bolt on this deer. And just about the time I'm getting it back to the forward position, like he's looking at me and, and, and spooks. So I pull up, and just as I'm getting him in the scope, he starts running. I squeeze one off, cycle action, squeeze another one off. Didn't touch him with either shot. And just heartbroken my biggest thing i've ever seen walking around ever in the woods um i think it was you know a couple weeks later or three weeks later during late season bow that my cousin's back out there he's hunting and this thing gives him a 25 yard broadside shot with a bow same deer now oh boy big deer big 14 pointer no mistaking yeah it's got to be it's got to be a Hundred and pushing 160, 100 and right. I'd say about right in the 160 range, right? So, like, this is the deer that gets everybody's heart beating, right? Like, it's the one you want. And so he's 25 yards, pulls his compound back, lets the arrow fly, and this deer not only ducks the shot, he rolls towards it, effectively matrixing this arrow, and the arrow skims <laughs> right over his back at 25 yards. That's that's how majestic this animal was, right? To get away with that. So I mean, that's that's incredible. I mean, the thing like, uh, I think the Native Americans would call that the Great Spirit Buck. I mean, unbelievable. Yeah. I, I was I was convinced it was an apparition. You know, <laughs> like it was just placed there. It's exactly what I wanted. I said, bring me a fourteen pointer out of these small pines, and it appeared like walking out of these pines it was amazing and then it dodges an arrow three weeks later gets lucky with my bolt not locking down like you know it was just a vision that was placed there to entertain us i guess you know it's 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 interesting because i think as hunters uh, a lot of us uh well i got one friend of mine jeff he does a lot of meditating and actually had a dream of shooting a big elk right before he went out and actually relived the dream um, I think there is a sixth sense that even animals can have and we can have sometimes. And I think that that one had a had a sixth sense about it. So it, sometimes it's not the ones that you got that make the good stories. Well, they do, but the ones <laughs> that got away too. But uh, before be, before we get get rolling any further, can you tell us uh, you, you've got, you know, you're the president of ZBART. You got some specials going on right now. Can you tell our listeners what, what you got happening right now? Oh, yeah, we got, uh, you know, with the temperatures dropping right now, we are full swing remote start season. Um, remote starters make wonderful, wonderful gift ideas. So if you got that person that you just don't know what to get them, uh, we have gift certificates for remote starters. 
We usually put it inside an empty remote starter box so that you can wrap it up, put it underneath the tree. When they open it, they can come in and uh, schedule the installation or call in and, and get the install scheduled. And that's the gift that just keeps giving. Like every time they start the car on a cold winter day, they're going to think, oh, what a nice Christmas gift, blah, blah, blah. So um, it's kind of a last minute gift idea too. Like for some reason, you know, some people get out ahead of it and buy one of these early, but I cannot tell you the amount of people that come running into the store the week before Christmas because they just couldn't figure out what to get their wife for Christmas, you know? So remote car starter, it is out the door. Um, that's probably our most popular, but we also have people coming in getting gift certificates for things like, you know, interior details. We got, uh, people with trucks buying gift certificates for spray on bed liners, uh, window tint gift certificates. But by all means, um, the remote starter is the most popular gift, uh, right before Christmas for us. Nate, you know, this I- is Tom. Uh, we got to go to a quick break. Can you hang around through the break? Yeah, for sure. Okay, great. And I just want to let everybody know that we did get a, another uh, email from Ken again, and he wanted to know real quick, does the lawyer fish have any other name I might recognize? Yes, Ken, that's, they're also called Burbut, Eelpout, and Lingcod. So there you go. We'll be right back, folks, with more of the Wacky Walleye Cutting Edge Outdoors right here on 1250 AM, The Fan. It's the final Welcome back. Welcome back, my friends, to the Wacky Walleyes Cutting Edge Outdoors. And uh, we are joined with a guest, Nate Krieger, president of ZBART. And Nate is a big pheasant hunter. So before I forget, we talk to Nate a little bit more, uh, uh, all things ZBART. I I do want to mention that I got an email from the Wisconsin DNR, and they are going to be releasing some uh, pheasants statewide. Uh, they got uh, 1,440 pheasants the week of December 21st, and they want to give some more opportunities for hunters. So you got uh, Columbia County, Mud Lake Wildlife Area, Mazomani Unit of the Lower Wisconsin State Riverway, Dane County, Bong and Kenosha, Brook- Brooklyn and Dane and Green, Avon Bottoms, Rock County, Waterloo, Jefferson County, Sauk Prairie, Sauk County, and Vernon in Waukesha County. So Pheasant hunters out there, uh, maybe my buddy Al Shook's uh, ears are ringing so he can get out there the quick and the deadly. But, uh, Nate, thanks for holding over on the uh, on the uh, break there. And I was thinking about, you know, remote starters you're talking about. And I, I was thinking, most women already have a remote starter. It's called their husband. Uh, my dad used to have to get up and go warm up the car for mom all the time. So I'm thinking, heck, if a guy were to buy a remote starter for their wife, they're actually buying a present for themselves, too. Yeah, absolutely. That's the way that one works. But yeah. it's, it's funny enough with my wife now, like even with the remote starter, she makes me press the button. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Nate, I got a question for you. Tom. Shoot. Uh, do you, when you pheasant hunt, do you go to the public lands or do you go to the pheasant farms? I go to the public lands. Do you? Have you ever yep. gone to the pheasant farms? Uh, yeah, my very first dog was a chocolate lab and, uh, for, I think it was a birthday, um, I was given a gift certificate to go to a pheasant farm. And so that was how that chocolate cutter teeth was out at a pheasant farm. That was a big hunt. That was like six guys and a hundred birds or something like that. So that was a good time. Otherwise 
there's a small farm that I do go to just to get some training in with the dogs. It's just an 80 acre one man show. Um, great prices on birds where, you know, we'll go out and, uh, he'll, we'll just, me and Bill actually, Andy's brother, uh, we'll go out there and just have the guy put out, you know, four to six birds once we'll hunt those up. We'll come back and then he'll run out on the ATV and put another four to six birds out and we'll hunt those up. And that's, uh, Otherwise, I don't do any of the big clubs yet or anything like that. Um, and I prefer public. I let my dogs really run and have to work for the birds. Oh, you know, yeah, then, of course, some days you get out there where uh, they just put them out. So, you know, it's not so hard, you know, if you're following the DNR truck. Yeah, Bushy's got the app that would probably uh, tell you when they put them out and where, you know. So does it, be the does way it actually tell you when they put them out? Uh, I've got the app and uh, it shows where, but it. Uh, I wish it would. It Maybe doesn't show where. us, but but I think I think Nate. Now my buddy Al Shook. I think he he used to work for the DNR back before he. You know, once he got shot and stabbed back. You know, apprentice warden as a kid up there in Stevens Point. But that's beside the point. He uh, he mentioned. Uh, I think it's Tuesday and Thursdays. Is that normally what you hear as far as certain days they put them out? Yeah, I could see that. I, I could see that. I think, I think it's that midweek range. I think, I think I've seen guys out on Wednesday up in that Toma area. I think I've seen the trucks doing it on Wednesdays also. So um, I don't think it's too close to the weekend. I think probably in that midweek range is when they try to do it. That, you know, yeah, give, that, the birds, that, give the birds a little chance to settle down a little bit before the weekend. So I don't know when they're going to be planting for this, uh, for this holiday hunt. I'm going to run out today and give the dogs some work. Um, cause they're looking at me crazy, like, Hey, it's the season and we haven't been out for three days. So they're kind of, they're pulling on my heartstrings here. So do, let me ask you, Oh, go ahead. D- Nate, do your dogs. Ask, oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Tom. Oh, I was go just going to ask Nate about Z-Bart again. How long has, I mean, I remember hearing the Z-Bart name for years and years. How long has Z-Bart been around? Um, 60 plus years, I think 59. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, 1959 was when they started, so okay. it was a 61. Yeah. Yeah, so it's been a while. Yeah, it has been. Okay, Danny, sorry. Yeah, well, uh, being a, back to the Z-Bart thing, I was going to ask you there, Nate. You, I mean, I've mentioned that I got the rust protection, I got the bed liner, um, and, I, you know, I've I got the uh, uh, Z-Gloss. So all all things which keep a, a new vehicle looking looking fantastic. But what's this? What do you call the one? I want to get the windshield thing where like it'll keep the rain and snow and sleet off with the messy season coming up. Can you tell us about that real quick? Yeah, that's just a windshield treatment called Aquapel that we put on. It's you know it's kind of like uh, in the old days. I think there was people that would wax their windshield, and then Rain-X came out. Um, and these are just all like hydrophobic chemicals that go on the windshield and this particular one you can get a good probably close to six months out of it before it loses its effectiveness um so yeah cool product we put that on i think it runs 29 dollars for a windshield um but yeah neat product i love having it especially for road trips winter time is great it helps the flush and stuff uh just kind of shed off of that windshield and not stick on it helps your visibility at night so good stuff to have this time of year yeah, that's, I, I do plan on, you know, if I quit taking off and heading up, up north here every week, I do plan on making an appointment to get that done because I hate driving in the winter like most people. And if it helps you at night and helps you see better, uh, you know, for 29 bucks, shoot, that's a pretty good, uh, 
pretty good safety type thing too. Um, yeah, I agree. It, it, and then now you do have two shops. You you got the one in what West Dallas in in Waukesha. Um, as far as uh, getting in contact, what what's the best way to set up an appointment with Zbart? Uh, best way is just to call the store and uh, talk to the manager or whoever answers the phone there, um, and they can they can go through the books and see what's available and get you scheduled. Remote starts are because of the temp drop; those are starting to get filled out a ways. But like I said, if you're trying to get it in for a holiday gift for somebody, you're probably not going to get it installed before Christmas right now. But uh, it actually works out really well just to do it by a gift certificate. That way, they can call and schedule it uh, at their leisure. But pre-Christmas, we do have a lot of people that somehow finagle to get the person's car away from them and come in and have it installed and then we can what we can do is we can hide the antenna so they don't know anything's installed on their car and that way christmas morning they can open a box with uh their key and remote and just press the button and it's already installed in their car and the car starts up so that's kind of a cool way to do it too nathan uh this is tom again we we gotta we, we gotta close the show now we appreciate you uh, coming on the air. What's a, what's a website if people want to go to find out the exact locations? Oh, sure. They can just go to zbart.com, Z-I-E-B-A-R-T.com, and uh, put in their zip code, and it'll pull up the store that's closest to them. All right. Hey, thanks for being on the show. We appreciate it. Thank no you. problem. Nice talking to you guys. All right. Take you care, Nate. Channel. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you as well. All right. All right. Well, that's all I got, Danny. Yeah, Tommy, uh, I was going to talk about something that I shot for the first time in 44 years and going to have a listener contact. We'll wait for that for next week, my friends. All right, next week. That sounds good. To all the listeners, thanks for listening. And God bless and stay free, everyone. You've been listening to Wacky Walleyes, Cutting Edge Outdoors. God bless. Merry Christmas. Go do something nice for someone, my friends. Put money in a red kettle. Talk to you next week. winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. 
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.